Hey everyone, it's your host Ellie Lee and welcome to my podcast where I interview artists from the entertainment industry and we get their stories, their journeys. How did they get to where they are now? What were your obstacles, the trials, the tribulations? These are the people who took the path less followed and went for it when everyone else said no. I hope this podcast inspires you to get off your butt and chase your dreams. Take that leap of faith because it will be the best thing you will ever do in this short life. Welcome to this episode of When I Grow Up. Hi guys, how are you? I feel like I have not spoken or seen or hugged any of you in a very long time. Uh, you know, as life goes, life got a little crazy for a little bit, so I couldn't do any recordings for my podcast. Also, the studio that I always work at is doing construction, so I had a really hard time like booking spaces. The point of the story is, though, guys... We are here, okay? And there's a new episode for you, and it features uh, one of my new friends in my life. Her name is Mary Beth Barone, and she is so funny. And I got to see her stand up for the first time last night, and she killed the game. Literally, just slayed, slaughtered. She was so funny. And it just really inspired me, honestly, because I was like, yo, when I see comedians hustle and grind and hit the stand up floors every single night of the week, I'm like, <gasps> bless all of you um so i love this episode it's super chill it's super cool um i love this girl and i really hope that you guys enjoy this episode and get inspired enjoy Hey everybody, it's your girl Ellie and welcome to my podcast, When I Grow Up, where I interview amazing people in the entertainment industry and we get their stories. What were their struggles, their good times, the bad times to get to where they are now? Today, I have a very special guest. What I love about this girl is we met literally, what, we talked for like 15 minutes and then we were just in. We were like texting each other, everything. Please give it up for my super hot friend and stand-up comedian, (laughs) actress and the skin, her skin is insane. Mary Beth Barone, everybody. Oh give it up. That intro. Girl, that intro. I am the queen of intros. But we really did become fast friends. We did. And I, I find that in this, in you're meeting so many people. Yeah. And I feel like I know right away. Yes. If it's a match. Yes. It's like love at first sight, but for friends. Exactly. I really have found like so many great people that I'm super close with. Like we text a lot. We do. You know what it is? It's you're very approachable. First, you don't seem approachable. Thank you. Because <laughs> you have these like big, beautiful eyes. You don't wear a lot of makeup. So you look kind of intimidating because you just have like very striking features. So like when I saw you, I was like, oh, she's probably the worst. That's you what know? I, yeah, I've heard that. And then as soon as I spoke to you, I was like, oh, she's so fucking cool. I think it's like real recognize real too. Like, exactly. Because it, you just, I mean... I just could tell you were like a real bitch. Yes. Like not a real bitch, like but like the realest bitch. You know what I mean? The realest of and the I've real. And I've been I've been thinking a lot lately about how much I just value people who are real. Yes. And then is it I know that sounds dumb and crazy, but like it's so it is really rare, I feel like. But I also think it's because you and I are in this industry where you don't know who's two-faced or not. That's the thing. Yeah. That's and, the thing. And these motherfuckers are good and at it. And they're out there. They're, they're out, out there. There. They're in the corners under your blankets. You don't know. Under your bed. Under it's your like bed. You could find them any any old place. So, you know, Mary Beth, Mary Beth, what's what's super interesting about you and what I really, something that I admire about you, I think in the short time that we have been friends, because literally I think we've been friends for, maybe I met you two months ago. Two yeah. months ago. Literally, <laughs> she and I have shot things together, like sketches. We've written together. Like, it's great. So anyways, what I love about you is like, 
so when I started following you on Instagram and I just started seeing how hard you grind and like listen the stand-up game in New York City is nothing to play with if you're gonna come um, um, be in that world if you don't go 100 you need to go home and seeing you I think woman to woman uh, just hitting the comedy floors every night is so inspiring do you love it or is it equal hate or is it both love like what is it it's really just the type of thing I, I don't know I feel like for me just you have to love it otherwise I just I can't imagine someone doing this and being out like every night doing these shows and not loving it that's the only way because right now I'm still working full-time and I'm I feel very like burnt out and spread thin but it's like at the end of the day I would still rather be on stage performing than be anywhere else so if you didn't love it I feel like it's like when you have a kid mm-hmm. you know you love you love the kid well I don't I don't have a kid mm-hmm. but I'm just I'm theorizing or yes. from what I've heard from parents yes. and whatnot. Um, you love them but there's times where you want to like wring your neck you know or rip their head off so I definitely have those moments all the time of course but when you're on the other side of it you just see so clearly that you that you love it yes you don't have to say exactly what your nine to five job is if you don't feel comfortable but uh is it something you like it is something that I really like my coworkers. Sure. But the work is very like emotionally taxing mm. and it requires a lot of right. you. I mean, anyone who's working a full-time job is probably at a desk yeah. 45 hours a week. Yeah. Now it's not nine to five, it's nine to six and you get a, a lunch break, but you're still really like tied to that desk of for course. a majority of the day. And I think it's it just sucks so much out of you. Yeah. And then to go from that to switching gears, because like the moment I walk out of the office, mm-hmm. and this is one of the great things about what I do is mm. I just don't think about it. I don't have work email on my phone. Mm. My career is comedy. Yes. So once I walk out that door, it's like, okay, I'm I'm shifting gears. Yes. It's now like full throttle, like flat out comedy. Yes. Doing podcasts, like writing, yes. doing shows, all that stuff. So it, it, I mean, you just, you have to love it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to really give all of yourself to it. You know, I think that a lot of artists and like a lot of people we know, at the end of the day, if your parents are not giving you allowance every day or you're not like or, or you're a trust fund kid or whatever, you are we are pay, we are hitting the pavement, people. You have to. We, exactly. New York, honey, it ain't cheap. It ain't cheap and it's getting more expensive. I know. Okay. <laughs> and they keep pushing us out. So we're going deeper and deeper into Brooklyn till one day which can't even commute anymore. You're gonna be in Connecticut. Exactly. You know, I when you think about when you first started this whole journey, do you did you think about how taxing it would be to uh, make money? No, I didn't. Because I think one thing that they don't tell you yeah. is what they don't tell you. A lot of comedy is unpaid. Mm-hmm. A lot of performances yes. and shows are unpaid. Yes. And you don't know that going into it, that it really isn't until you get to a certain point where you're like consistently doing paid shows mm-hmm. or headlining, touring, doing all that stuff. It is, you you have to subsidize it with something else, be it like doing digital content for a brand mm-hmm. or writing, doing like, you know, side gigs with that stuff. But if that's not consistent enough for your lifestyle, which for me it's not because I am literally obsessed with money and <laughs> obsessed with buying stuff. <laughs> so... Like what do you buy? I buy clothes. I buy food. I don't cook. I buy oh, you Ubers. Don't cook. Like it's a lot. Because Ubers. listen, all right, and the cooking thing is like one, I don't enjoy it, but two, I'm out always at night. Sure. So it's like I can't really have like ingredients to make salad in the sure, house because sure, sure, it'll sure. go bad. Sure. You know, and I, I don't want to contribute to food waste. So me not cooking is actually just one thing I do for the environment mm-hmm. um, to prevent food waste and things like that. So I think, you know, it, yeah, how many just, meals are you ordering? Like, how, are you doing breakfast, lunch, dinner? Sometimes I'll eat 
Like a protein bar for breakfast. So like you don't really flinch when you go to a place to buy food. No. I am the complete opposite of it's you. It's just my lifestyle. Like mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I tr- like so when I don't I'm, when I don't have like a nine to five, maybe I'll be able to have stuff in the house that I can make and like eat at my apartment. But I have so few meals at my apartment. Sure, sure, sure. Especially because during work, I, I'm ordering lunch because you know I don't have time at night to like prepare. Sure, a sure. I get for it. The next day. <laughs> Also, and this is a bit I'm going to work on, but it's like, why would I cook when I live in New York where there's professional chefs? Right. Like, I wouldn't cut my own hair. You know what I mean? So if you love cooking, I think you should do it. Yes, 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 yes. If you don't, then you shouldn't feel bad about not. Right. It's like, I don't want to do my own nails because I don't, I can't do them. Right. Okay. And that's okay. And that's okay. See, I do my own nails. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And I cook. I try to cook a lot. it's, It's a balance. But I had no idea how how difficult the lifestyle would be, and just you know, it, it there are so many steps between starting and getting to the point where you don't have to have a second job or survival job. Of course, job, that's the goal. Yeah, but that yeah, it is the goal. And yeah, and if you don't, I think that th- that's the type of thing where the only the strong survive. Like it's almost like natural my cool, selection. Yo. Yes, because if you are like you know what work is my priority I'm yeah. not going to do yeah. and yeah, maybe yeah, people yeah. take breaks too it's uh-huh. like work has to be my priority right now but I'll go back to it but it's like if you're not ready to just really double down and do it then uh, it's it's really hard I think to have like one foot in and one foot out absolutely um Everything you're saying is very quotable. So if anybody wants Thank to put you. things in quotes, please do it. Okay, <laughs> please do it. I'm um, begging you. You know the silver lining, I think, in the fact that you know you do have a job that's like soul soul sucking and like you just fucking hate it. Like I've been there. You're just like you know, is that I think for artists like you and me, everyone's always like, how do you know that it, what you wanted to do is what you wanted to do? And it's like. I feel like it's unexplainable. Like, you know exactly what you hate and you know exactly what you effing love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't really know it until you find it. Yes. Like, I've worked since I dropped out of college when I was 20. So I worked at Warby Parker when it was, like, 50 employees. And I was pretty good at what I was doing. What were you doing? What were you doing? I started out there with, like, a pretty basic job, like, Mm. customer service and retail. But I had grown into working on, like, retail technology. Mm. So I was kind of, like, a project manager for retail technology. Like, so random. Oh, okay. It's, like, sometimes you think when you're good at something that that's what you're supposed to be doing. But I think you just haven't really – like, you just haven't found it yet. Damn. Because when you were at Warby Parker, were you thinking about uh, 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 doing the comedian thing? Were you thinking about acting at all? Not So it's like so random for me because I used to want to be an actress when I was little. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was like so fun and glamorous looking mm-hmm. and like I really wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know the first thing about like getting into like auditions and like child acting, whatever. So as I grew up and got more like pragmatic, I think I just decided like that's not an option really. So I, you know, I went to college to be an English teacher, didn't want to do that. So I dropped out and moved to New York. I thought I wanted to be a makeup artist. I thought I wanted to be a stylist. Then I started working at a startup and I was like, okay, maybe this is my journey. And then I was in a long-term relationship when I signed up for improv class. I never could have dreamed, like I was stoned watching Broad City. And I was like, oh, I think that they did improv at UCB. So I'm going (laughs) to sign up for improv. This is how it happened. So then improv was so fun. And I found myself just really looking forward to class. It was like three hours a day where you, you're not on your phone. You're just kind of like making shit up. And mm-hmm. I was meeting so many different people. And I thought I was watching a lot of Inside Amy Schumer at the time. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try stand up. And it's truly that simple. Like wow. it, I almost like fell into it. But then as soon as I did stand up for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, this is like this is it. Like, what I was it about it? it? 
it was a rush I just can't explain. Of course. Like, it was a satisfaction and a joy mm. that I just had never felt before, that nothing had given me previously. And then, you know, within six months of that, I just completely blew up my life. And I think something you just, sometimes you just need to blow up your life and, like, start over. So I, you quit. I quit. I had started working at a different startup as a pro- product manager. I quit that. I broke up with my boyfriend and moved out of our apartment. Oh, my God. I was sleeping on my friend's couch. And I was just, I, I just said, you know what, I need to take a month to really figure out how to make this work. And then from there, you know, it's been pretty much like pedal to the metal on comedy ever since. And oh, pretty much that whole time having a full-time job. Had you been funny your entire life? Well, my whole family's pretty funny. Oh, like okay, okay, we, okay. I have five older siblings. Mm. And we always just had a really good appreciation for comedy. My dad actually did stand up a little bit in the 70s when he lived here. But he was Shut also up. a surgical resident. Oh. So he had to pick. <laughs> and he picked being a surgeon. Mm. Um, but he, you know, would play like comedy records for us. And then having a brother who was like a teenager in the 90s, we would watch like a lot of SNL, yeah. Tommy Boy, any Chris Farley movie, Billy Madison, <laughs> all that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was a lot of just exposure to comedy. And I think we're all pretty like dry and sarcastic. So that was, I mean, in my group of friends, we would always like goof around and stuff. But I never thought to myself like, oh, I should do stand-up comedy. Sure. Um, so you growing up with five siblings means that you were just probably very mature at a young age because you were just always with older people yeah i think for good and bad you know because i did smoked weed for the first time when i was like 14 um, which maybe is old for some people but it was i think young i was just like with my brothers that was just like wait I'm all the siblings are brothers no no oh, oh. the two closest to me age are brothers it's brothers. three girls and three boys wow which is pretty nutty and you're the youngest i'm the youngest and can you say the ages my oldest brother is 39 mm-hmm. he turned 39 this year and then in the middle there, it's a lot of people in their 30s. Uh-huh. And then me. I'm 27. <laughs> I can't keep people's age straight. And it's who do you hard. look like the most out of all the siblings? Like, do three of them look alike? Like, what's what's going on here? We have, like, a pretty even split where, like, three look more like my dad's side and three look more like my mom's. Wow. But I really am, like, a mix. And I did that Snapchat filter this weekend where you, like, turn into a boy. Yes, yes, yes. And I looked like a combination of all of my brothers. Interesting. And I re-downloaded Snapchat specifically for that because I don't – I haven't been on it in years. But everyone was posting these pictures and I was like, I got to see. I got to see what would happen if I was a boy. And, and it's just my brothers. And it was just your brothers. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I do remember seeing your brothers on your Instagram. Yeah. Um, wow. And so what state did you grow up in? Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, random. But okay. we're, we're out there, though. Near, like, Hartford area? Okay, I don't know. Southeastern Connecticut, okay. which is, like, very close to the city. Did you grow up with – was it diverse at all or no? Well, I went to Catholic school for 10 years. Okay. I was very not diverse. There okay. was one black person in my whole school. Did he have friends? She did have friends, okay. but you know, it must, <laughs> it must have been very hard. I'm sure. And then I went to public high school, oh. and that was where I met Jewish people for the first time. Oh. I met mm-hmm. diverse like groups of you know people who I just I was so much more exposed to like the world at public school yeah and i'm really thankful that i had that experience because then when i went to boston college which was a lot like going to catholic school oh bc yeah year? it was uh i would have been 2013 2013 okay go ahead and i think you know just it reminded me a lot of going to greenwich catholic which mm. was just like very white and mm-hmm. very boring mm-hmm. and it 
just being back in that environment I didn't like it so that was one of the things one of the reasons why I wanted to leave was just like it was so like homogeneous Uh and then when I moved to New York I was still hanging out with like a pretty non-diverse group Uh I mean I have diverse friends from high school but it wasn't until I started doing comedy that I really started that I was exposed to like people who didn't grow up like me and that has been really formative over the last few years, especially with, like, the political climate, which yeah. we don't have to get into. But <laughs> I think it, it's, it was really important for me to experience both sides of the coin. Mm. And now I feel like I'm a much better person. Yes. Kind of being able to, like, empathize and understand where people come from. So did you grow up super Catholic? We were super Catholic. Were you, so you, you, I mean, you and I have very similar journeys here. I went to Catholic school straight up until fourth grade. Okay. And then I was thrust into a public school in, in a neighborhood that wasn't, I didn't grow up in a wealthy neighborhood at all. I was like lower class. Literally was being traumatized left and right. People would talk about things that I'd never heard of in my life. Yeah. Like I had never heard of all these singers. Like I, I was like, it, it was weird. It's just a, another, it's a whole other like culture. Exactly. But it's so good to like experience that I think because I don't know. You just learn. It, you, you can just – I grew up so sheltered. And it wasn't like my parents were purposely doing that. Mm. You know, it was just like we lived in an area where it was just like a lot of white people. Mm. And so I'm thankful for those experiences both in public school and then having lived in New York for now like seven years. Dang, girl. Yeah. CT to NYC. CT to NYC. What up? Um, what would you do, – do, would you say uh, are a lot of your bits about? I write a lot about just my experiences as a single woman in New York growing up in Connecticut. I talk about being privileged because I think that being privileged is not something that I have control over. But if you don't, like, bring it to light and kind of poke fun at it, like, that's all I have in my power to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I use the stage as an opportunity to do that um, and through a lot of my writing. And I think, like, it, it is very – a lot of my stuff is, like, pretty specific to my experience but I think it is relatable at the same time Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I do have you know a lot of stuff about dating and sex which I didn't think would be like my bread and butter but I and it sucks because I feel like people kind of roll their eyes at like stand-up comedians talking about dating Mm. like it's so novel um but um or it's not novel and I don't care I decided (laughs) because if it's funny and and it's what I want to talk about then I'm going to talk about it. Do you feel like uh, doing these bits and doing these things, it's very therapeutic for you? Like, what is the whole experience for you? Like, It is. Like, you you control the narrative when you're on stage. Yeah. And I don't really have a lot of jokes that are completely made up. Like, mm. they're mostly based on fact. Mm. And so, yeah, I can talk about it from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the more people hear my comedy the more people will have a problem with it because mm-hmm. the internet is just like they just want to find faults but i don't it it's just it's nice to be able to get on stage and talk for five to seven minutes yeah. usually or eight to ten minutes yeah. and just like this i'm saying my piece yeah love, like love it or hate it this yeah. is who i am you know i because of you i've been like inspired and i've been like you know i've been everyone's like why don't you just try it and i'm like i just want to try because when i do you know i host like a lot of like live shows at iHeartRadio, like whatever when there's whatever you know i do all these things and i feel like when i'm getting the crowd going up and going whatever like i feel like i'm always doing bits you know and i understand like when you get that laugh it's like literally like a drug you know it just like rushes through your body and you just 
feel so many things. You know what I'm saying? You do. And so when I see you and I hear you, it's just very inspiring. You know, you it just, just got to do it. You just got to do it. You just got to jump. If you want to try it, just do it because you're not going to know if you hate it. Like you might hate it. Yeah. You might love it. Yeah. And I, it, you, but you won't know if you don't ever do it. Exactly. So that would be to you specifically. I say you should just try it. Uh-huh. I will go with you. I'll yes. be there. Yeah. And it might, you know, it, it, it's a process. Yes. That's important to remember. Just, I hope when I do look at you, you are smiling. <laughs> I will be smiling. Okay, good. I'll be so proud <laughs> that you. you're trying it. Thank you. Wait, but guys, I need to tell you something really cool. Guys, if it wasn't for Anchor.fm, I would not have a podcast. Why? Because Anchor has made podcasting so much easier for everybody. It's free. It's easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You can record it. You can edit it. You can add sounds and songs. They'll distribute your podcast everywhere, including like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And the best part of it all is that you can make money from your podcast using Anchor. It's crazy. I met this woman who did 10 seasons of her podcast before she got on Anchor, and she says she never made a penny off of those 10 seasons. And now that she's on Anchor, she is raking in the dough. It's crazy. So all you have to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Do it now. Okay, back to the program. Okay, so when, how long has it been since you started uh, the, 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 the live stand-up scene? My first stand-up show, my first open mic I ever did was, I think, August 15th, 2015. Mm, I think so. It's four been years. Almost four years. Wow. And it's a very slow start because mm. you're doing mics. You're not getting booked on shows. Mm-hmm. You might be doing bringer shows, which is where clubs will do, like, a new talent night. But you have to bring eight people in order to perform. Oh. So, and that's the only criteria. So, you know, there will be 16 comics on a show. We each do five or six minutes. But you don't know. It's not based on, like, your how good you are at stand-up. It's, like, if you can bring eight people, you can do it. Damn. So it's a lot of just doing that stuff and kind of getting better and learning the ropes, meeting people and connecting, networking, as crazy as that sounds. But it it is a slow build. So I think, you know, from an open mic to doing my first stand-up show was a few months and then it really takes time to just get better. And that was something that I didn't really have an appreciation for when I started Mm. because I was like, well, I'm a good joke writer. I'm a good performer. I'm young. Like, why am I not getting more stuff? Why aren't people booking me or responding to my emails? And then now having done it, even just like – a little less than four years I'm like well there's a reason because you can tell when someone is really new and like regardless of what your potential is mm-hmm. like you're being judged on how good you are in that moment and you just I I'm so glad that like I wasn't booked on more stuff at the time because mm-hmm. I'm so much better now mm-hmm. and that was something that as an impatient naturally impatient person mm-hmm. I was just like not having it but now I'm I'm happy to look back and be like I learned from that you yes. know I'm a, I'm a different person than I was when I started uh, you know that's the journey you it's know the journey. you know while it's you're going such... through it, you're like ah! you're ripping your hair out you don't understand anything and then you look back and you're like oh you're like that's why that fucking happened <laughs> I'm an idiot you know that was bad but oh all right I learned a lot from it exactly yeah there's a lot of those moments yes and and listen this is and I'm like you what what sign are you I, I always ask this, but I have no idea about zodiacs. But that's I, okay. What are you? I'm a Gemini. Oh, oh, right, right. You told me this, which is we're a little crazy. Yeah, you guys are. Uh, uh, yeah, a little crazy. It's the twins, right? So it's like split personalities. You never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Like a lot of it's. I just like to think we're very complex mm-hmm. because I do have a lot of. I'm like a walking contradiction, mm-hmm. and I think that. 
that is one thing. Being able to like see both sides of things, mm-hmm. not everything, obviously, mm-hmm. but I it gives me. I think it's like a unique perspective. That's what I think. Iggy Azalea is also a Gemini. So is Kanye West. Interesting. So is Donald Trump. Oh, so is Mike fudge. Pence. Lana Del Rey. Oh, wow. I could I could go on. It's wow. N- pe- pe- Gemini's are truly insane people wow interesting interesting and some of them can harness it into great art and some of them it Uh uh-huh it could you know it controls that right 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 um interesting iggy azalea said in an interview she said i'm a gemini i'm two-faced and i was like (laughs) damn girl all right damn we are but that's the crazy thing about gemini's too is that we don't deny it yes you don't deny it which you, I think I think there's so much about what you do that um, I wish so many people could feel but would never get to this point. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you ever get, like, frustrated or do you, like, know people that you're like, why don't you just jump? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why don't you just do it and go do that thing? I have thought about starting a podcast where I just have a guest and I tell them how I really feel about them. Like, not in a negative way, but, like, I just want to sit some people down and be like, listen, this is what I'm getting from you. Wow. This is what I need to be getting from you. Wow. You know, but it's – there's so many factors that go into people doing it, doing the damn thing and not doing the damn thing. Yes. And it's – honestly, it's like when you get to a point where – you are ready to do it mm-hmm. you'll do it mm-hmm. that might it's for some people that'll be never right but yeah it's like you know there's i have friends or people that i wanted to shake and be like your inner saboteur is showing let's <laughs> cut that off yes but exactly I can't do that no i understand actually acceptable i understand uh when you're when you were new york when you told your parents <laughs> that you were doing this were they like cool 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 because you're the baby of the family? I definitely had the benefit of having five older siblings. Hell yeah. Who, my parents are literally amazing. Oh. Like, I'm obsessed with them. Oh, my God. It's insane how supportive they are. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, I'm going to cry. But, I, you know, because I had already dropped out of college. So it's were like. Were they pissed about that? They weren't pissed. I think they were worried that it would be prohibitive for some of the things I might want to do in my life. Right. Which it was at first because when I got a job right out of dropping out they were kind of like well we're not going to promote you until you get your, your degree, degree. <sighs> but they changed their minds Lord, and you know it all worked out yeah, for the better yeah. and uh-huh. now it's like i don't think people care as much about no a degree. they don't and as a comedian it doesn't matter but yeah. my parents have kind of seen it all at this point mm-hmm. and i think they just want their kids to be happy <laughs> and so they've been the best they come to my shows all the time they watch everything i make and they're just like they're just the best. So they're okay with hearing about like because you, you, I'm sure you talk about your sexual exp, exp, exploits. Yeah, right. I definitely had some follow up questions. Exploits, escapades, um, escapades. That's what I meant. Um, I've had some follow up questions for sure. Damn. And but I think you know, at my first show I did that my dad came to, I had a joke that I wasn't sure about doing, and I called mm-hmm. my sister and I was mm-hmm. like, "What do you think I should do?" And she was like, "If you're gonna do this, they're gonna hear it eventually, mm-hmm. so you might as well just do it." Mm-hmm. And that was good advice because it really ripped the bandaid off. And I don't think anything would shock them at this point, <laughs> but they've also seen a lot of comedy, mm-hmm. and I think they know that usually when I'm talking about things that are um, like explicit. Mm-hmm. I'm it's, at least trying to do it from like a in a smart way, mm-hmm. not like a shock factor way. Sure. So they, appre- I think they, and I'm speaking for them. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm sure they can appreciate that. At least I'm trying to do it in a way that's not just like sh- yelling about my vagina. 
Right. Some people do that very well. Yes. And I think that's great. It's not what I do personally. Right. But, you know, there's there's room for everyone. Right. Um, see, my dad is very uh, conservative and traditional. And he okay. literally told me at the beginning of my acting career, he was like, don't do anything kinky. And I was like, I'm not going to ask what actually you think that means. Right. <laughs> okay, I'm just not going to do it. Interpretation. Yeah, yeah. Interpretation. Yeah, yeah. And I've done some, like, you know, low-key, off, 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 off Broadway plays where, like, I've kissed the guy and he's always felt weird. Or, like, see me in a kissing scene in a movie and he feels weird. Well, they're, that's tough. I mean, I think my parents do worry about that to some degree just with, like, the dynamics of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, what roles you'll have to – what you'll have to do for a role at mm-hmm. some point. And, like, God willing, I get a role where I have to do nudity because that means I'm a working actor. Yes, like, yes, yes. And, I'll, girl, and you know it. you're going to be looking popping, okay? <laughs> Let's hope. I'll get that, okay. lighting, that lighting on. Um, but I get it. I, mm-hmm. I It must be so weird yeah. for them. Yes. But I think the more – like, the bigger things you do, the less it will matter. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I think if I posed nude for, uh, like, Vogue, mm-hmm. that's different than posing nude for, like, uh-huh. a random person. Like, sure, you know sure. what I mean? It's just sure. then posting my nudes. Yes, There's absolutely. There's just a difference. Absolutely. Also, listen, girl, if, if Vogue is approaching either you and me and they're like, would you like? <laughs> and we are not saying no. No, exactly. Okay? Oh, honey, no. Okay? Uh, where do I sign? Guys, death is going to come at our door one day. I'm not going to know. But do I want this picture where I was looking kind of p- good? Yeah. Yes. Okay? Um, Mary Beth, honestly, I feel like this is one of my favorite interviews because you are so wise beyond your years. I don't know if that's true. But also, I just think that you see the reality of many things. You know, I think in this industry, if any of you get into the entertainment industry, you will meet a lot of delusional people, you know, people who think they're going to be huge stars, you know, within within a year or people who think they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And many of those people don't do not make it right because they're not realistic. What I like about you, you're very realistic about everything, and that's how you approach it, and that's why you will survive. Well, I can't not be, right? Because there's right. so many people who will just, like, whip me back into reality. Yep, yep. Like, I can't get, like, th- this is why I'm like, all right, tr- internet trolls, come at me. Nothing you can say I haven't heard from my five siblings. Yes. Or thought about myself. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it is truly having just, like, a great support system who yes. is always there. But I think, you know, having some level of delusion is important because yeah. that's what keeps you going mm-hmm. is just the idea that you're going to get everything that you want. Mm-hmm. But I I do wonder at what point people, you know, throw in the towel or they have to just, like, come to terms with whatever mm-hmm. is going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, you want to you wanna be supportive and hope that everyone's hopes and dreams are going to come true. But yeah. it's also – there has to be a level of self-awareness. There has to be, guys. There has to be. There just has to be. Yeah. Uh, Mary Beth, <clears throat> we are now entering the fun stage. Not like you I've haven't been had fun, fun girl. this entire time. <clears throat> I have made a segment for you Ooh. called <laughs> Okay. I can't wait to hear what this is. Are you ready to play <laughs> I'm ready to play ha Comedian Louis C.K. had to go into hiding because, you know, he jerked off in front of other female comics. Okay. Do you think he'll ever have a comeback? Yes. Name a female comedian you can't live without. Amy Schumer. Oh, so she's like one of the the goats for you. I'm a stan. You're a stan. Yeah. She's one of the realest girls in the game. She is, and I have, I'm so inspired by her <clears throat> yes. ability to just tune out the noise yep. and just fucking do it. Yes. 
and poke fun of herself and make it so cool. Do you know what I'm saying? Before she gave birth to her son, she goes to the Met Gala and poses in her cardigan I, and a bi- broken water tube. Posting videos of herself throwing up throughout the practice. She's one like, of the realists. She's one she's of the realists. Realist. She's a realist. What's the first feeling in your body you get when you're slaying on that stage? When I'm slaying on that stage, I feel like it's almost like when you get like goosebumps. It's yes. just like excitement from within. Yes. From deep within. Yes. Is Aziz Ansari canceled? No. F. Mary Kill, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Seacrest. Oh, God. Okay. Um, This is really going to be surprising, probably. I would oh, fuck Lord. Ryan Gosling. Bless. Marry Ryan Seacrest. He's a genius. Uh-huh. You can't tell me he's not. Okay. And I, then I would kind of be related to the Kardashians in a weird way. And I would probably kill Ryan Reynolds. Wow. So Gosling over Reynolds. To fuck, yeah. Hell yeah, me too. What do you feel like the comedy world lacks? More diversity, yes. which is, we are slowly chipping away at it, but we have a long way to go. We do, we do, we do. Also, I think there needs to be more LGBTQ plus people on the management and agent side. Yeah, when 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 is that going to happen? I'm waiting, girl. Let's get it, let's get it. Because let's be honest, they're going to kill the game. They're well, gonna... This is what I thought of the other day. Mm. I think the straight community makes like stars, right? Yeah. But the gay community makes icons. <gasps> and what would you rather be? An icon. An icon. Damn. 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 I like that. Uh, What happened to Dane Cook? He's dating a 19-year-old. I heard about that. I don't know Mm -hmm. what he's going through, Mm -hmm. and I hesitate to judge, Mm -hmm. but I don't – I was never, like, a Torgasm, Mm -hmm. like, fan by any means. I I think I accidentally watched a few minutes of it once, but I (laughs) – I hope he's... You mean the, you get the whale, of course, you know, that joke. I Uh hope he's well. I hope he's well. I hope she turns (laughs) 21 soon. Do you have any bits in your stand-up right now that you've used since the beginning of your journey? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. Because I had taken it out of the rotation for a while, Mm. like a year, maybe more, two years. But I wrote a bit about circumcision Mm -hmm. because I don't think people should do it. And now I see a lot of comedians have bits about circumcision, but Mm. I like mine the best. So I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, so in so I'm not gonna ask obviously because I don't want to give your bit away. But so like you're just uh, anti circumcision. I am. Okay. And um, I have my reasons. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, do you get annoyed when people say, "Oh, you're a comedian. Tell me a joke." Yes. Never do this. Yeah. Never do. Don't this. do that. Especially if you're a guy hitting on a girl who's a comedian because <laughs> oh there is God. literally nothing worse than just awkwardly being like, "Haha, no." Right. I'm not going to. Yeah. It's so awkward to tell a joke to one person. Also, turn around and leave. Yeah. You're could, not cool. No. Yeah. And no. you're not you're you're not engaging me at all. Exactly. Favorite comedic show or movie of all time? I love Lucy. Ooh, I like that. Advice for anyone out there that has interest in starting the comedian game. Watch a lot of comedy. Mm-hmm. Think about what you would want to talk about and then go do an open mic. Amazing. And that is the end of <laughs> Was it fast enough for you? Yeah, but we're going to do another segment now, too. Though. Great. But that was great. This is a segment I call... I'm relatable, okay? Love that. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever just thought about quitting the whole thing? Yeah. How do you feel when people say, oh, my God, you're killing it? <gasps> it's that... Okay. It is really nice. <laughs> yeah, but sure. I think, I think people like us, were just incapable of acknowledging progress. Yes, yes, That's yes. how I am, like, to my core. Yeah. So when people say that, I always immediately default to just explaining to them how it's all not true. <laughs> 
you know, I'm like, well, this actually wasn't that big of a deal, or like, you know, I, it's just yeah, like, yeah, 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 like I'm apologizing for for my accomplishments. But you should be praising your accomplishments. I, I should know. just allow. I let the light. You should let the light in. You should let the light I in, can't. girl. I know. I understand. Do you think it's because we're East Coasters? Yeah, because yeah. I well, I, I genuinely think. I don't know what it is because it's not like my parents made me feel like yeah, that's never interesting. Enough, yeah, but it's just like the comparison. We're just constantly comparing ourselves yeah. to other people. Yeah, and so it's like, well, unless I'm doing this, yeah. I'm actually not successful. Right. It's like these arbitrary milestones I create in my head. Yeah. Also, like in my culture, in like Korean culture. Oh my god. We're not, you know, no, well, uh, no, no, we are there to like serve. You know what I'm saying? It's not about us. Right. So like when people say that, I'm like, <gasps> no, no, no. I'm like, no, and then I slap them in the face. Exactly. How I, dare you compliment I me? Punch them. Just like, I will right kill in the you. Right how do you get over jealousy i've been dealing with this a lot lately Mm -hmm. um i try to limit my social media intake good for you not that i'm so great at that Mm because i go over my limit every single day Mm -hmm. but it really it just gets to a point where if you're expending so much negative energy Mm -hmm. on that Mm -hmm. you're taking away from the energy you could be putting towards just doing what you should be doing Mm -hmm. so a lot of what i do is i just do my own shit Mm -hmm. like i make projects for myself and i start things Mm -hmm. and that helps me feel like i have things going on yeah one aspect of this industry is that and i don't know if you feel this way but sometimes i feel like i don't have enough going on (sighs) story of my life exactly so Mm -hmm. it's uh if you just create opportunities for yourself then you can never feel like you don't have enough going on yes mic drop on that Mm -hmm. um i was gonna ask you another question but my short-term memory oh no uh, has canceled it so (laughs) social media was it related to social yeah it was something with social media it was like what what were you you were saying social media I just try to limit my like time on social. It's just it's oh 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 muting and unmuting. Do you feel like you mute mostly because you just because not because you don't like them, but because you're just like you're just trying to do your own thing. You just like can't say it. Like I do that a lot because I'm just like not that I don't like. I'm so happy for everybody, but I need to like focus on like my thing. Yeah, because you can get caught up. You know, you can get so caught up, and it it's designed to keep you on there. So yes. it's like they're gonna serve you just exactly. exactly what you don't need. Yeah, you know, right when you don't need it. Exactly. And I'm so happy for people who are having success and having their moment. Yes. And sometimes just for self care, I mute them for a little while. Yeah. And then I'll go back to their profile. Yeah. And then when I feel like I can unmute them, that's a step. Yeah. You know? I can look at your accomplishments without feeling like bad about myself exactly and that's growth honey i know that's growth growth (laughs) grow like that tree (laughs) okay uh what is the best compliment you consistently get that i my jokes are really smart Mm, that's a good one that's a good one name three things that get you out of like a depressive state (laughs) oh god uh, three things. Honestly, going to Soul Cycle. Okay, There's, it's a great place to clear your head. Okay, therapy. Okay, which has been massively important in my yeah. whole like metamorphosis over the last few years. <sighs> I need to get a new one. Yep, it's Go ahead. it's so important. And mm-hmm. then probably like just venting to my sister. Yeah, or my roommates. Yeah, and they kind of can like you know reality checks work in both ways right so if i'm being delusional about either success or failure Mm -hmm. they're really good at being like shut up you have all these things exactly and that's good that thank you guys if you weren't a stand-up comedian performer actress you'd probably be a i can't answer it i love crazy no i love it i love it i love it uh what fuels you to keep going what fuels me to keep going Mm -hmm. is the knowledge that i have tried living another life and it wasn't what I wanted Mm -hmm. and now I just have the highest expectations for myself Mm -hmm. and I'll be damned if I don't meet them bless and what's one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self 
I wish I could tell my younger self that you don't need to straighten your hair every day. Girl, don't fry that hair. Do not. You don't Do need. Not. It's just not. You don't need it. Me too. No one's gonna. No one's gonna remember what your hair looked like yeah. in high school. Last question. Did you enjoy your time with me? Of course I did, and I had. I knew I would. This has been amazing. Thank you. Um, Mary Beth, where can people find you? And what do you, anything you want to shout out, anything, say it, girl. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Beth Barone. Mm-hmm. I have some live shows coming up. I'm doing a show called Drag His Ass, a fuckboy treatment program in New York and LA. New York's going to be on um, 6 6, and LA is going to be on 6 27. Tickets are available through my website, marybethbarone.com. And then another <laughs> live show I'm doing is called It Takes One, where I um, am working with my good friend, Megan Pat who's directing a staged one-woman show of the movie It Takes Two Okay, with Mary-Kate Nashley. Yeah, one of my favorite movies of all time. So come to that. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Because, yo, love, all right? It's all love. It's all love. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please leave a comment. Subscribe, rate, review, okay? Just subscribe and rate, review, Mm -hmm. okay? It helps the podcast, okay? Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Mary Beth, Thanks for being for here. Me. Until next time, please, guys, be kind to under others and please be kind to animals, okay? Bye!